Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Spilled Words. My name is Wamboi. Thank you for taking the time to listen and grow with me through this platform. In this episode, I really just wanted to try and do a sequel to episode 3, which was Coming to America. So we can call this um, Coming to America Part 2. I narrate a short story about the unexpected realization of race and how I am constantly growing and learning from it. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Any African child will tell you how hard our parents were in regards to success. You either had an A or you failed. Our parents constantly reminded us that you achieve success because of how hard you work for it. You go to school, you work hard, and you strive for the best. Anything less than the best is never good enough. Of course, that's not realistic in every sense of the word, but black excellence and educational achievement was celebrated in every avenue. And that was a norm. Nothing was ever predetermined for you until you work for it. Guaranteed. It wasn't achievable for everyone because there's also the extreme of absolute poverty. If I was to put it in context, I never had to worry about my race for me to achieve a certain level of education or success or live in a certain neighborhood. I was Wamboi, plain and simple. As soon as I moved to America, I gained a new appreciation for travel and trips. I love taking trips and going on adventures with my friends. There's so much to see and unfold. So when my friend invited me on a trip to New York, I started packing my bags quicker than she could blink. I've had so much and read so much about New York. I think at one point, the Alicia Keys Empire State of Mind song was my ringtone. I wanted to experience the city of lights, the city that never sleeps. New York City in itself is captivating. And as the plane descended, Manhattan glistened like pieces of Legos so neatly organized and appearing paper thin. We took the subway ride to the hotel and I was in awe how it was able to maneuver underground and above seamlessly. When we walked out of the subway, I still marveled at everything. The tall buildings lined in magnificent fashion. The people crossing with laser focus and unintentional uniformity. People sitting at restaurants, people running businesses. And as I moved along the thick crowd, I was amazed by the constant buzz. Cars were racing between red traffic lights impatiently honking at each other. Different aromas including fumes from belching vehicles, spicy aromas from the restaurants around. It was busy and every few steps I would catch my breath simply in awe. We explored this city in all its extent. We took the subway train from stop to another, and I was surprised at the flow of people, trains, artists, and musicians, astounded at the buzz of activity. It was highly distracting for me, but it seemed extremely normal for everyone. We walked up and down the Times Square, blinded by the bright lights, buildings, and billboards towering over us. Felt like someone had taken a handful of glitter and thrown it as far as the eye could see. We took a walk through Central Park, surprised by the presence of a place filled with calmness, yet surrounded by so much chaos. Later, we strolled through expensive stores, window shopping, and finally understanding why Carrie Bradshaw always talked about shoes that much. My favorite find was a tiny little cafe in the small corner a block from our hotel. The cafe had old despondent among the huge city buildings. I liked that in this little space, the chaos of the city somehow emancipated. 
in the cafe, we would sit, my friend and I, sipping on our lattes and waiting for our order. The sweet fragments of coffee, the slow music in the background, the conversations in the back were such a delight. One morning, as usual, I sat across the table from my friend as we delighted in the food sprawled before us and gulped our coffee heartily. In front of us was a stack of chocolate chip pancakes and scrambled eggs. Frankly, those pancakes were the taste of home. In the small corner of the room was a TV right above the swing doors that led to the kitchen and had the waiters and waitresses walk in and out like an organized army with trays of food. We ate our food and had slight conversation about the trip, work, and eventually we delved into a conversation about race. My friend grew up in America. She started talking about white privilege and I'd like to preface by saying, up until I moved to America a few years ago, I was racism naivete to the T. There was a rage in her explanation of things, constantly met by my naivety. I could already sense some frustration as she described things to me. She talked about her upbringing with a pain that I really couldn't understand or relate to. She talked about concepts I have never thought about and in depth. White privilege, unconscious bias at work, unfair opportunities. It made no sense to me. I couldn't see how in anyone's eyes it was fair to see anyone and treat them differently because of their skin. And not just call out the difference in skin with resent, but actually call it out so loudly that livelihoods are so marginalized. I was floored and I got so drained by this conversation that I had no remarks. I had no insight to this and I could tell it was starting to get frustrating for her too. She sighed heavily in defeat and just said, I'll send you a couple books that you can read on on the subject. And we went on about our day exploring New York City. I had been in America for about two years at that point and it was quickly revealed to me that at this moment I was walking around with a blindfold that I didn't even know I had on. I have never had to deal with race because it was never an issue. Identity as an African revolved around tribe and social status and never race. It also revolved around being good or bad, Christian or non-Christian. It was never passive or gray. It was just plain and simple. Black excellence and success is something I grew up seeing, but I was suddenly living in a world where I had to work twice as hard to get half as far. Majority of it still does not make sense to me. The notion that my brilliance or intelligence is preconceived because of the color of my skin is absolute bollocks to me. Up until the conversation in the little cafe, race to me seemed like common sense. There was black people and the white people, like there is a red car and a blue car. The issue of race in my eyes was, again, never a gray area. And that's why I was always very quick to say, I don't see race, I just see good or bad. I was, for lack of a better word, ignorant. A few weeks later, we were back home and my uncle wanted me to grab him a few drinks for him and his friends at the liquor store. Seems like a pretty regular thing, right? But one minute, I was at the cash register almost checking out. The next, the lady across was calling the police because my sister was with me and she did not have her ID with her. It blew my mind. The amount of power she felt like she possessed to call the police because we were quote-unquote causing disruption for not having her ID. It also blew my mind how things Easily a simple conversation would fix was not an option with a black person unless a police officer is involved. And we all know how that usually ends up. Now, when I look back at the conversation I had with my friend at the restaurant, I get it all. I get where her rage was coming from. I understand why she was frustrated with me. The idea of refusing to relate to something that I will forever be seen as was me being extremely naive. People don't look at me and think, oh, she just came from Africa or even wonder what kind of black is she? 
we all experience the same level of misjudgment, bias, and inequality. Since then, racism has exposed itself to mean the most intricate layers, both subtle but impactful, both active and passive. Sometimes I literally think I'm dreaming. The land I once thought was roses and colors, milk and honey, has made a point to remind me the constant disadvantage of being my race. It's someone following me at the store because they think I'll steal something. It's me double triple checking every single thing I do at work because I know there is no room for error. Even the smallest thing I miss will be brought up as a complaint. It's having to explain why I speak such good English. Quote unquote, why are you so bougie for a black person? It's trying to create context constantly about where I grew up because no one cares enough to look it up or learn anything aside from their reality. It's me adjusting myself constantly to navigate as painlessly as possible. Unfairness and misjudgment creep upon you and eventually becomes your way of living. What pains me the most is that this has been the way of living for black people for decades. I'm not an expert in this, but I choose to remove the blindfolds. And it's as simple as consulting Dr. Google. I read about post-slavery, post-reconstruction, unconscious bias, Jim Crow. I'm trying to fill up my ignorant bliss and learn about the history. Because honestly, I'm part of it. I will never exclude the privilege that has come with living in America. The economic, educational privilege and access to things I only once yearned for is something I'm constantly grateful for. However, this American dream life magnifies loneliness, busyness, and the scarcity of belonging. I think constantly about the connection, the community, and belonging I even had with strangers back home and contrasted to the layers of aggression and hate I have experienced since moving here. And it hurts. Humanity is complex, and if race is excluded, there's differences still in every single part. Our gender, our hair, our eye color, fingerprints, height, sense of humor. The beauty of the human race is the expansive range in thinking and creativity and even appearance, but somehow that is appreciated, and yet race seems to be two widely separated stances, white or black, pick one and hurt the other. I cannot address all the complexities of race and culture in one essay or conversation or me reading one book. And I'm still learning and I acknowledge it and I probably will never fully grasp it. I definitely don't mind the difference in opinion but I do mind the hate. And I hate that coming to America brought out a part of me that's unequally treated, killed on the streets, and existing in a world that is intentionally out to diminish my existence. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. You guys, it means the entire world when anyone sits and listens to you for a good 20 minutes or whatever amount of time my episodes are. Thank you for also commenting, subscribing, liking, rating, reviewing. I do not take it lightly. I genuinely mean it when I say that I want to reach across the mic and just give everyone a really tight hug. And yeah, I'm so, so thankful. Oh, what I always forget to mention is that I'm on Instagram at spilledwords underscore podcast. Send me a DM, send me a message. What are you eating today? What are you doing today? What are you reading today? What's your favorite drink? Just send me the most random things over there. I'd love to see it. And see you on the next episode. Bye.